Welcome to Equip This Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipthischurch.com. Hi, good morning, everybody. You can grab a seat. Great to see you all. How are you? It's um, summer back home, guys. And uh, summer in the UK uh, can be a number of things. Often it's, it's useless, but actually at the moment we're having a heat wave. And it's 30 degrees back home. Um, I arrived back on Tuesday morning when it's expected to be uh, 37, maybe 38, and maybe breaking the all-time record as high as 40. That's not good, is it? That's too hot. That's too hot. Um, but anyway, it's great to be back in Dunedin. And as Will said, um, uh, Will and Desiree have been friends to us for a very long time, some of our oldest friends. And so it's always great to, to catch up. I've not been to New Zealand for three years um, due to COVID. So it's been great to come and be part of Shack Conference and be with you this morning. Now, how many of you are ready for the Word of God today? Give me a wave. Fantastic. You're all alert and alive. Amazing. Well, hope you've got a notepad or a pen or a phone or something just to write a few notes down uh, this morning. So I want to uh, take you to the book of Genesis. We're going to read a few scriptures this morning. And then I'll give you my title. Genesis 22. Uh, Genesis 22 said this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. And then God said to him, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. Go and sacrifice him on one of the mountains I'll show you. How many of you know that is a pretty challenging piece of Scripture to read? When God says to Abraham, go and take your son and take him on a mountain I'll show you, and there you're to sacrifice him. Like that should all cause us to kind of go, whoa, what is going on here? But I want you to look at Hebrews 11 coming on the screen, hopefully. Hebrews 11, uh, verse 19 says this, and understanding what was going on in Abraham's mind, it says, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. So Abraham has been obedient to God because he understands, God, even if you make me go through with this, there is something on the other side that is going to bring him back to life again. One more scripture, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Um, I wanted to talk to you this morning uh, for a few moments about reward and sacrifice. Reward and sacrifice, or sacrifice and reward, depending on which way around you want to say it. It really doesn't matter. Uh, I want to talk to you about sacrifice. And reward. Give me a wave if you enjoy sacrificing. <laughs> Give me a, a wave if you enjoy the rewards. Amen. We all like the rewards, but um, I don't know about you. I've come to discover in my life that sacrifice is part of the Christian journey. Sacrifice is part of the Christian journey. And I've also uh, come to understand that God has no problem in asking us to make big sacrifices. Has anyone discovered that yet? Like if you think that God isn't prepared to come to you and ask you to sacrifice something big, well, get ready. He has no problem in asking for big sacrifices. Uh, sometimes that's the sacrifice of money. Sometimes it's the sacrifice of time. 
sometimes the sacrifice of energy, of relationships, of homes, of careers, of countries, of family sometimes, and definitely the sacrifice of giving up our comfort. Like God has got no issue in coming to you and I and asking for all of those things. I know this because he has on many occasions requested of me some big sacrifices. Uh, Before I was a pastor, um, I was a pilot. I was working for uh, British Airways, and um, I was enjoying that. That was my future. That's what I thought God had for me to do for the rest of my life, but actually he got a hold of my heart and uh, drew me into uh, ministering and into pastoring, and it was a big sacrifice. It was a big sacrifice. I mean, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but you know, it was a big money sacrifice. I would have been on a very, very nice six-figure salary in pounds for the rest of my life. I would have had nine weeks of holiday every year. Nine weeks of holiday I used to get. I can't believe it. Nine weeks of holiday, uh, not to mention, you know, kind of business or first-class travel anywhere in the world, pretty much. I mean, my wife is still slowly forgiving me for for giving that part up. No, uh, 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 lots of things. And, um, you know, I had a great pension, one of the best pensions uh, going at the time in the UK. Uh, it was the pension with the best pension you could have. And, uh, and God came along and he said, Mark, that's not what I want you to do anymore. That was a big sacrifice. I, I remember when Monica and I were newly married, uh, relatively newly married, and we bought uh, a, a flat um, in West London where we were living. And when I grew up, I grew up, I'm a, my, my dad's a pastor, and so we lived in lots of different places in the, in the UK. Um, so I am half Irish. It's true. And I actually grew up in Ireland for the first 10 years of my life. And I've lived in loads of different places. I've lived all over the UK. But Monica, my wife, grew up, and she, she, she grew up in one home her entire life. And so when we got married and we moved into her apartment, our apartment, she thought to herself, this is where we're going to be forever. I never, you know, I just thought, well, this is just it for a little while. Who knows? But for her, she had never moved around. And so when the Lord said to us, hey, I want you to move into the center of London and help plant a church, for me, it was a no big deal. But for Monica, it was a huge sacrifice. For Monica, it was like, I've got to leave behind the home that I thought I was going to be in for a long, long time. And my point is simply this, is God makes demands on us. And he, and he comes to Abraham and he says, Abraham, i got a big sacrifice for you. N- none of us can probably comprehend it in a way, and, and I'm sure God has never demanded the same sacrifice of you. But for Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want the thing in your life that is the most precious thing to you. I, I, I want your son. And then you go through the Bible and you find out that God made major demands of many, many people in the Bible. Uh, You know, we find Moses, uh, Moses decided that he would sacrifice his position in the house of Pharaoh, the, the, the comfort and the luxury that came with it to be obedient to what God had asked him to do. Um, when we think about King David, when, when, when he felt like God wanted him to position Israel to build a temple in today's money, in today's money, uh, David sacrificed around about six billion New Zealand dollars to build the temple. In fact, he didn't even get to build it. He just helped purchase 
the products required for his son to build it. I mean, that's a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, he must have had a lot of money in the first place to give $6 billion, but he, but he gave it. And, and all through the Bible, we go to the New Testament, we find Jesus making major demands of people. And, and my point is simply this, that sacrifice is a part of the Christian journey. Can I get an amen? <laughs> oh, I was a timid amen, <laughs> just in case God asked you to sacrifice something. But here's the thing, sacrifice is a part of the Christian journey, but I want to say to you also that, re- that reward is equally a part of the Christian journey. So sacrifice is part of what God calls us to do, but reward is also part of it, and it always follows sacrifice. Let me read uh, Hebrews 11 to you one more time. In verse 6, it says, For without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes must believe in Him, uh, that He is, so we've got to believe this. Are you ready to believe this this morning? It says you've got to believe this, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So, so here's what I love about God. Does God make demands of us? Absolutely. But does God love to reward us? Absolutely. Can we give me a wave this morning if you can say, I have the reward. I've seen the reward of God in my life. Amen. He does, and so He'll demand sacrifice, but He also loves to give us reward. Now, here's what I've discovered in life. You and I have a choice. We've got a choice. We choose what we focus on. We can either focus on the sacrifice or we can focus on the reward. You get to choose. You get to choose whether you go through life focusing on the sacrifice and what God is demanding of you or you can take a step back You can zoom out, and you can focus on the reward. The Bible says that God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want your son. But I want you to notice that Abraham did not meditate too much on the cost of the sacrifice. But according to Hebrews, he meditated on the reward. What was the reward? The reward was God was going to raise his son to life, and through him he would become a father of a multitude of people. Listen. When it, when it comes to the, the, the demand on your life, you've got to choose, are, are you going to focus on the sacrifice and be miserable, or are you going to focus on the reward and be joyful? We've actually got to choose. We've actually got to say, you know what? God, what you're asking me to do is hard, but I'm not going to focus on the bit that's hard. I'm going to focus on the bit that's joyful. And, and just to let you know this, um, listen, this is, this is not just for you and I. Even Jesus was not exempt from sacrifice. But he also wasn't exempt from reward. Je- Jesus had sacrifice and reward in his life. So when he went to the cross, what did he do? He, he went through the greatest sacrifice that anyone in the whole of history, past, present, and future, will ever go through. It was the greatest sacrifice, not just his death on a cross, because many people died on a cross, but the taking on of all the sin and the dysfunction and the sickness of humanity of all time in a moment. He took on the rejection of his father, the shame of the world. He took that all upon himself. But why? Why? Why did he do it? He did it because there was a reward coming. 
Let me read to you Hebrews 12, verse 2. I like the way the Passion Translation puts it. It says it like this. Uh, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross, and he conquered the humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the Father. So I want you to get this for a moment. Jesus is on his way to the cross, and, and Jesus has got a choice to make. Am, am I going to be fixated on the sacrifice, on the pain, on, on, the, on the shame, on the rejection of God, or is he going to focus on the reward? And the Bible says the reward he focused on was you and was me. When Jesus went to the cross, he was saying, I'm not going to look too much at the sacrifice. I am staying focused on this joy that many, 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 many billions of people are going to come into relationship with me. So this morning, you might feel like God is making a demand on you. But I want to encourage you, don't focus on the demand. Focus on the reward. Nearly 20 years ago, I, I, I left my profession as, as a pilot, and, and, and I, I could go through and I could focus on the sacrifice. But that is not going to be a very pleasant way of living. <laughs> Instead, I, I, I want to I focus on the reward. What's the reward? Well, the reward is I get to do what God has actually called me to do. I get to live in obedience, and when you live in obedience, there is always the blessing of God. Listen, I might be a slightly financially wealthier man had I stayed as a pilot, but I can tell you I wouldn't be blessed in the way that I am today. And, and, and that is a greater reward than simply holding on to everything you have in your life. Amen? Lots of examples in the Bible of this, by the way. The woman with the issue of blood, if you remember that story, a lady who bled for 12 years, no one could help her, and she heard that Jesus was in the house. She wasn't allowed to go because of her uncleanliness. And so the sacrifice was the possibility that she would be rejected and humiliated by everyone there. But she did it because the reward was that she would get healed. So there was a, there was a sacrifice, but the reward was her healing. On the other side, there's the rich young ruler. If you remember that story, he comes to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, you can do that. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor. And he says, oh, no, 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 that sacrifice is too much. If only he could have focused on the reward that would have come into his life rather than the sacrifice, he could have broke through. Let, let, me, let me talk to you for a few minutes about some of the sacrifices that God makes of us and whether we focus on the reward or, or, the, or the sacrifice. Um, I talked to my own church about this, but, you know, what about tithing? What about, what about tithing? Tithing is a sacrifice, isn't it? Tithing, the Bible says, we're to bring the first 10% of all our income to the Lord. That's His. It doesn't belong to us. It's our gift back to Him. And, and that's very clear throughout the whole of Scripture, but it's a sacrifice, it's a sacrifice, and the immediate when we tithe, we have a little less money in our bank account. But the reward of tithing is enormous. The Bible says we live under the blessing of God when we do it. Malachi says when we tithe uh, that we now have someone who stands and rebukes the devourer. So when the enemy comes after our family, as he does from time to time, we've now got a protector who stands in the middle and says, no, you can't touch this family because they're living under the obedience and the blessing of God. 
When, when, when we give, when we're generous, our world gets bigger, our lives are blessed. And, and, and so what we do is, though, sometimes is we focus on the pain of a few less dollars in our bank account rather than the reward of, wow, look what God does for me. It's a sacrifice, but the reward is worth it. What about serving in the house of God? There's, it's a sacrifice, isn't it? Some of you were here early this morning on a cold winter morning. It was a sacrifice to get up out of bed, get in your car, drive to church, probably come to a cold building this morning. It's a sacrifice. But the reward of serving is enormous. The reward of, 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 of going after God is enormous. It, it's how we partner with God in the establishment of the kingdom of God on this earth. The Bible says if you want to go high in the kingdom, you've got to go low. When you serve, you come with a sense of humility that says, God, I'm willing to give away everything so that I can be who you want me to be. And God says, that's the type of person that I'll elevate. The reward of serving is promotion, not from man, but from God. It's a sacrifice, but the reward is so worth it, amen? It's worth it. Don't, fa don't focus on the sacrifice. Don't focus on the hour less you had in bed. Focus on the reward of what God is doing in our lives as we do it. What about prayer? What about prayer? Prayer is a sacrifice, isn't it? To get up out of your bed a little early and spend some time with God. To come and be part of a, maybe a corporate prayer meeting, a corporate gathering. It's a sacrifice. Maybe it's time out of your busy diary. You've got other things you want to do. I get it. It's a sacrifice. But don't focus on the sacrifice. Focus on the reward. What's the reward of prayer? Well, it's our place of power, and it's our place of authority. When you and I don't pray, we vacate the seat of authority that God has given us. It's, it's, it's how we move what happens in the world. I, I heard somebody say this recently. You know, it's pretty close geographically to us, but what is happening in the Ukraine right now, you know, there's going to come a time when that war is going to come to an end, and we pray peace is going to come, and people will think politicians were the ones that brokered the deal, but no, you've got to understand, it's the people of God praying that are going to be the ones that are going to bring that war to an end. The politicians might get used somewhere along the way, but come on, when you pray, you take up the place of authority that God has given for your life. Amen. Give God a hand. He's given you power. He's given you authority. He's given you the ability to change the world. How are we going to change Dunedin for Jesus? It's going to take sacrifice, the sacrifice of prayer. But the reward is going to be worth it, isn't it? Come on, we, 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 we focus so much on time. and we're gonna, no, Don't focus on what you're going to lose. Focus on the reward of what happens when God's people come together and we pray. What about praise? Pastor Will talked about it this morning. The power of praise. Praise is a sacrifice, isn't it? I don't know. You might not have felt like praising this morning. You might have come in here and felt like, I don't want to praise. Praise is a sacrifice. It takes energy. It takes dying to yourself. It takes effort, but, but listen, don't focus on the sacrifice. What's the reward of praise? The reward of praise is breakthrough. The reward of praise is entering into the presence of God. How many of you love the presence of God? How, oh, only about three of you, wow. How many of you love the presence of God? 
How do we get into the presence of God? Through praise, the Bible tells us. Come on, we've got to quit focusing on what we're sacrificing and start to focus on what the reward is, amen? Let me give you a couple of thoughts this morning. You might want to write these down. Number one, you ready? Number one, pretty simple, is sacrifice releases reward. Sacrifice releases reward. It's, it's funny, um, God has a way of, I don't know if you've discovered this, packaging blessings in such a way that the only way you access them is through sacrifice. Have we discovered that? Like God's got so much blessing for us, so much blessing for us, but sometimes we can't access it because we're not willing to sacrifice to get to it. How, how do you receive more? Give me a wave if you say, I'd like to receive more. I'd like to receive more. Receive more from God. Receive more financially, uh, financial blessing. Uh, receive more opportunities. Uh, receive more revelation. The Bible says the way to receive in the kingdom is you've got to be good at giving. So receiving from God is a blessing that is locked up, and the way we access it is through giving. The Bible says if you, if you really want promotion in the kingdom of God, that's a blessing to be promoted in God's kingdom. But the way you get there is through the sacrifice of humility. If you want, if you want, to, want to be promoted, the Bible says you, you've got to have a sacrifice of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking about yourself less. Not I, the Apostle Paul says, but Christ. It's no longer about us, it's about Jesus in us. And, and there are all these blessings that are kind of, uh, kind, of, kind of locked up, but they're available if we're willing to go through the process of sacrifice. How many of you think a great family is a, is a reward? How many of you think kids are a great reward? I think kids are a great reward. I've got four amazing kids, two boys. Two girls planned that very well, I know, and uh, a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old, 12-year-old, and in a few days, a 10-year-old. And, uh, you know, kids are an amazing blessing, but how many of you know there's some sacrifice that goes into bringing up kids? Amen. <laughs> there's some sacrifice. When they're really little, there's the sacrifice of sleep. Man, I remember when my daughter was really young, she was doing good, and then uh, she got out of a sleep pattern, and for a period of time, I think it must have been seven, eight, nine times every night, she would wake up and refuse to go back to sleep for a while. She is a great blessing in my life today, but at that time, she, there was some major sacrificing going on, major sacrificing. How, how about the sacrifice of money when it comes to kids? Man, I would have so much money if I didn't have four kids. Uh, it is my fault. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. But the reward is worth it. But there is a sacrifice. There is a sacrifice. How about this? How many of you, how many of you would love the reward of a great marriage? The reward, I'm blessed to be married in 19 years. To, we've got a great marriage. I love my wife. But you know what? The, the key to accessing the reward of a great marriage is the sacrifice of hard work. Don't expect to have a great marriage if you're not prepared to sacrifice hard work and to die to yourself and, and to learn humility and to learn to serve one another. Well, what about the reward of healthy finances? 
How many of you like to have healthy finances? Like, man, full bank account, good future, things looking good. Listen, that's a reward, but how do you get to it? You've got to sacrifice some things to have the reward of a healthy bank account. You've you got, you got, you got to sacrifice wanting to spend whatever you want to spend at any time. You've got, you got to sacrifice taking time to sit down and write a budget. You've got to have delayed gratification. <laughs> You've got to have controlled spending. You can't buy whatever you want whenever you want to have it if you want to have healthy finances. We all want healthy finances, but are we willing to pay the price? But don't focus on the price. Focus on the reward. Come on now. Next time you're in the shops and you think, I really want that dress, I really want that jacket, I really want those shoes, and like, oh, I want it, I want it. It's hard. Don't focus on the hard bit. Focus on, no, I'm building a great financial future for myself. Amen? The reward of kids who love God. If you're a parent here today, what a reward. To have kids who love the house and kids who love church and kids who love God. But how many of you know it doesn't just happen? There is a sacrifice required to have kids who love the house. It's called parents who put God first. It's called parents who love God's house. I'm amazed at me at back home when I've got families or parents who say, man, my kids, kids don't really, they don't come to church. And I'm like, that's because you're not here very often. You're not telling them by your actions that this is a place of high value. And moms and dads, if we don't value the house of God, how on earth are we expecting our kids to grow up and value the house of God? We want the reward of kids in church who love God, but we've got to pay the price. There's a sacrifice. We've got to show them through our actions, not just our words, that the house of the Lord and God is incredibly valuable to us. How about the reward of a rich relationship with Him? Greatest reward of all. How do you have a rich relationship with God? Well, there's a sacrifice required. It's called your time. God is hungry for your time. And uh, man, you, you can't grow in a rich relationship with God if you only visit Him once a week for an hour. The way you have a healthy relationship with God is when every day you start your day by coming into His presence, opening your Word, quieting your spirit, letting Him speak to you, letting the Word read you as you read it. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.